Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are taking a look at a weird one. Uh, this is a movie called The Vigil. It's a horror movie that kind of takes a very, very Jewish twist on the traditional horror uh, vibe of lots of religious iconography. Usually you see the Christian stuff, the Catholic stuff, but in this one, you get a lot of Jewy stuff. And as a Jew, I found that quite interesting. So joining me to talk about it is Josh Bell from Awesome Movie Year. And uh, that's going to be a great conversation coming up. But before we get to it, I want to remind you, as always, to make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. You could also, of course, rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. We just got a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts the other day, and I'd love to see some more nice reviews. So uh, if you're enjoying what we're doing, leave a review. You could also share the show with your friends, of course, on social media and follow us at Piecing Pod. Join the Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. And, uh, you know, if you really like the show, you could always check out our Produced by David Rosen Patreon that combines content from Piecing It Together, Awesome Movie Year, my music career, and a whole bunch of other great content. So check that out. It's patreon.com slash Rosen. The more subscribers we get over there, the more content we're going to make for it. So Go get subscribed if you really like what we're doing here. So let's talk about The Vigil. Okay, Josh Bell is back with us on the podcast. Josh, how's it going, man? It's going all right. How are you? I'm all right. Watching a ton of movies, as I know you are. Indeed. Uh, Always. Including including this weird one, The Vigil. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, this is something I found out about through you, through your review, um, and uh, immediately spoke to me, of course. You know, I, I do love Jewish demons, so. Uh, you are a Jewish demon, maybe. That's right. Thank you, Josh. Uh, I'm putting that uh, as a pull quote on my next project. All right. So. <laughs> where, where did you find out about it? Was this something that, like, did you know this was coming, or is it something that, like, just kind of popped up out of nowhere? I mean, it's a it's an IFC release, so I get, you know, press releases and, and sure. schedules from their PR folks. So I knew that it was coming. I think it had played a number of festivals, maybe even going all the way back to playing some in-person festivals. I think it was it was doing that circuit for a while. Mm-hmm. So I may or may not have heard about it before then. But certainly when I saw it as an upcoming IFC release, it intrigued me. And uh, and I pitched a review and got the chance to 
write about it, which was cool. And I certainly also am interested in this whole uh, Jewish horror angle, which is not sure. a common thing, but is a thing, which we'll talk about more. There's so many horror movies now. It seems like like every week there's like, uh, you know, so many horror movies that come out and so many that deal with, you know, either you know, possession or some form of religious iconography. And, and so like to get this Jewish angle definitely at least makes it something interesting and different. Right. I mean, and I, yeah, certainly I've, I write about a ton of horror movies, whether it's, it's full reviews like this or in my little VOD column that I write. Um, and it seems like in this past year with people in the lockdown and whatever, and I, I don't know if it's uh, the world is scary and people want to see that reflected in movies or they want to watch movies where the scary stuff ends but certainly there have been a lot of horror movies and but i think this one uh does kind of rise above with the way that it approaches the subject matter in this in this unique way even though it does also do a lot of very familiar horror movie things sure yeah and and that score gets very, very loud at times, as many horror movies do. <laughs> it does, and there's some, some, some jump moments or whatever. And I, I didn't feel like they were cheap necessarily. I felt like they, they fit with, with what the character that you're, you're in the perspective of this main character as he's in this, these circumstances. Um, but I can understand if you felt like this was too many basic horror movie things and not enough to set it apart. I think you didn't like this movie as much as I did. Oh, no, I, I did like it, but yeah, I, maybe not as much as you did, um, because yeah, it, it does it does have a lot of those tropes in it, but uh, I, I do very much appreciate when a horror movie can at least try to do something different, you know, which this movie definitely does, and uh, we'll get into a lot of those differences as we're, we're going through this thing. Why don't we uh, jump into some puzzle pieces? What do you got for your first one? Well, my first one is uh, sort of as we were just saying, is sort of the bad version of this, yeah. um, which is a movie called The Possession from 2012 mm -hmm. that is a completely forgettable, generic horror movie that I had to look up on Wikipedia to remember virtually anything about, even though I saw it in the theater. Um, but yeah. it also involves this Jewish mysticism and Jewish theology as the source of its horror. And I remember watching it and thinking, this movie is really dumb, but at the same time, I appreciate that it's dumb. It's, it's using a different source material to be dumb. And <laughs> sure. it involves, it involves a, a, a Dybbuk, which is, I think, the, the sort of Jewish demon or whatever that people are most aware of, um, and, and a Dybbuk box that uh, is a thing that contains this demon. And of course, the dumb characters, they buy the Dybbuk box at a, like a garage sale. And then they sure. take it home and then, you know, some some not good stuff happens. And uh, uh, Kira Sedgwick is uh, is the main star of it and uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. And I don't remember for sure, but I don't think the characters are even Jewish. I think it's just <laughs> they're random people and they picked up, you know, just like in a weird way, like the exoticism of an older horror movie, which where they would buy like a, some weird totem from Africa or something sure, like sure, that. Yeah. And it would have a demon in it and it would mess with them. So it's not a good movie, but I think it points to the way that you could do this poorly to mm -hmm. just kind of reach out. And I don't know if the filmmakers behind that film are Jewish at all versus uh, this filmmaker who is someone who went to rabbinical school and has got this very strong Jewish background. 
Um, so I can't recommend it, but I think I, I wonder if he maybe saw that movie or looked to that movie and thought, okay, here's a mainstream movie with some of these ideas. And that is a way to think that maybe people will accept my movie. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I don't remember if I ever actually saw that one. I, I probably did at some point. Uh, but I do think it's interesting though, just to speak to the the fact that the characters possibly weren't even Jewish. Like, it's funny that us Jews, like, I don't even think we know this dark, like, creepy side of Judaism because I don't, we just don't really pay attention to that stuff, it seems like, or at least most of us. Right. I think, I mean, maybe it's just because there's so many more horror movies about Christian mythology, but I feel like the demonic side of Christianity is a lot more prominent even among yeah. mainstream Christians. Um, so I'm just looking and, and, and to be fair to the possession, uh, I, the main characters I don't think are Jewish, but they do eventually consult a rabbi played by Modest Yahoo, of course. Oh, okay. There so, you go. Again, these are things I didn't even remember, but I'm just looking at Wikipedia. <laughs> How could you forget Modest Yahoo? Was I know that's <laughs> apologies to him. I mean, he's the, I mean, obviously if they're like, we need a, a Jewish pop culture guy who, you know, he seems like the right one to go to, I suppose. Now we need an eight mile uh, with Modest Yahoo. <laughs> there you go, Jewish eight story. mile. Yeah, I want to see that movie. Um, well, speaking of that religious, uh, uh, you know, imagery and all that stuff, I figure we jump back to 1973's The Exorcist, and really all of the movies that have come since that have, you know, kind of used that formula of of you know a religious leader coming to to this creepy house and creepy stuff happening and scary religious based stuff happening, uh, and it, it's really kind of set the scene for so many horror movies that have come since. Uh, mainly because, like you were just saying, Christianity and Catholicism, like they have so much scary stuff to draw on, whereas uh, Judaism does not. And so it's interesting to see a movie like this or The Possession that that finds these little nooks and crannies of creepy things to find and uh, and use. And it does a really good job of that, this movie, I think. Uh, and, and that's definitely what makes the vigil stand out a lot. And uh, I, I'm not sure. One, one little aside uh, before getting your thoughts on, on The Exorcist, but um, for the first half of the movie, sitting in that chair in, in these people's house, which, by the way, to, to set up the movie for those who haven't seen it, although, of course, we get into spoilers here, you should have seen it. Uh, but it, th th this guy, he, he's sitting in this house to... Uh, to to watch the 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 body and make sure it's okay through the night after after its death and which is such a creepy setup and it makes so much sense for a horror movie but there's this creepy ass painting behind him and i don't know what that painting is of um but my eyes were on that painting for like the first 30 minutes well not obviously there's setup before that but once he gets to the house for the first like 30 minutes in the house did you notice that too uh I didn't to the degree that you did, obviously. So uh, that painting, I thought for sure was going to be something. Uh, and, and I don't know if and the reason I bring it up is I don't know if it's like a very like Jewish image or something like that, like something from out of, uh, you know, the Torah or something. I don't know. I don't know. And you're more Jewish than I am. So um, <laughs> if you don't know, I'm only, I'm only slightly. So yeah, no, <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't know either, but I think, you know, to me, just in general, that house, everything in the house, you know, the production design of this movie is great because as soon as he walks in the house, you're like, uh oh, yeah. um, even though yeah. nothing has happened yet, because it's That's clearly right. not a place for anyone to be. So that I think just <laughs> added to it. 
That's so funny. Uh, that actually, that, that, that feeling uh, lends to what my next puzzle piece is going to be. But first, let's go to you, though. What do you got for your next one? So, well, keeping on horror, uh, my next puzzle piece is The Grudge. And, mm-hmm. you know, take your pick, really, of any version of The Grudge. There's, there's the original Japanese versions. There's the American ones. There was a recent American one, even. Mm-hmm. And that's the most recent one that I've seen. But I feel like all of those movies really get to that same theme of this sort of angry spirit and that following a death that spirit is kind of corrupting anyone and if you go inside the house that's all that it takes and now you are part of it so i mean i think as much as this movie obviously draws on stuff like the exorcist and this whole very very long tradition of horror movies about uh kind of christian theology or whatever i think there's a lot of japanese horror stuff and that draws on its own religious traditions, too, or just kind of folk traditions uh, sure. that they have there. Um, and I think that uh, that they're drawing on that a lot here, too. So, um, yeah, there's I think I saw the very I don't know if it's a, the, this whole the franchise is very convoluted um, mm-hmm. because it started as something that wasn't called The Grudge. And I, but I think I, I not that long ago saw the first Japanese movie called The Grudge because I was going to maybe watch the the grudge tv series that's on netflix that's a japanese one and i didn't but uh anyway that one i thought was not very good but um the the american the first american one i think is is actually pretty solid so uh i don't know but again they all kind of tread the same ground so sure yeah 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 (laughs) and yeah that that those are the kind of elements that make me kind of uh shy away from the genre in general you know just i i just am not too into that stuff but again you know i think this one does it effectively uh like you know perhaps that first american version of the grudge does um but i'll go on to another piece and like i was saying this is uh you know kind of building building on what we were talking about there uh with the task at hand for this main character i thought of the boy um a a horror movie where this guy has to go and babysit this uh this doll basically uh and of course, the, the the reason why I bring this one up is because this is a premise that as an audience member, you just look and you go, fuck that. Nope, not, not I would not do that in a million goddamn years. And uh, and yeah, I know this is a real Jewish tradition to watch a dead body in the house and, 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 and sit there for the night uh, to to help it pass on or whatever the hell the reason is. But um, yeah, not a chance in hell would I do that. And that's kind of the same feeling I got from the boy. That movie is so bad, The Boy. It's really bad. Although, yeah. as bad as it is, it's nothing compared to The Boy 2, I have to say. <laughs> Having sadly Brahms? Seen Brahms, The Boy 2, <laughs> yes. Well, Brahms is the name of The Boy in the first one. He's just not right. in the title. Um, yeah. But, yeah, those movies are very, very, very bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it is a real Jewish tradition. And actually, like, uh, I almost put, uh, but I felt like it didn't really connect. But But, I mean, Sitting Shiva is like a common... Thing and there sure. was this sort of like family comedy or dramedy called "This Is Where I Leave You" from a few years ago with Jason Bateman that is all about this family. You know, all the family members come together to sit shiva, uh, and then they you know argue and they work through their issues and whatever. And it's like it's not a horror movie at all. So this is like a normal. It's just like coming back for a wake or something yeah. like that. So that movie I feel like is too far gone to actually be a puzzle piece. But I'm just saying it's like it's not inherently necessarily having to be this creepy 
Yeah. Well, maybe that'll be a puzzle piece for Shiva Baby later this year. Right. And I thought of that, too, which, of course, I haven't (laughs) seen and hasn't even been widely released yet. But uh, Shiva's having a moment, I guess. They sure are. Yeah, absolutely. It's only a matter of time for every little little Jewish tradition, I guess. Yeah. What the hell? (laughs) So what do you got for your next piece? Uh, all right. Well, I'll, I'm going to move on from horror movies for the moment and into Jewish movies um, and a film called Menasha, which uh, stars uh, Menasha Lustig, who is in this movie, who plays the the Reb. I guess I'm not clear on all the Jewish traditions. And if he's is he a rabbi or is it a, he's a different kind of religious figure? I was under the impression that was a rabbi, the Reb. Okay. But I, I, I could be wrong, though. Yeah, I don't know either. And this takes place in this this Orthodox community where I think they maybe use some slightly different terminology than more mainstream uh, Judaism, which is all that you and I have ever experienced. But sure. anyway, he's the guy in this movie who's sort of the religious uh, leader and is the catalyst for getting uh, the main character to sit overnight in this house. Um, mm-hmm. And Menasha is a movie that he is the star of. And that is actually inspired by his real life. And I was sort of, uh, I don't know about surprise, but I, I was uh, pleasantly, I enjoyed seeing him here because that movie is so much, it didn't seem like it was necessarily him launching an acting career per se, because he's mm-hmm. just playing his himself essentially in that movie. Um, but it's an interesting movie. It also takes place in this same Brooklyn Orthodox community and is about sort of the inability to reach beyond the community and and he plays a character who uh his his wife dies and according to the jewish law of this community or or of orthodox judaism or the sect or whatever being a single father is not allowed and Hmm. so until he can marry again his son is taken away from him to live with relatives and so it's this tension between something that's obviously not legally like from from the point of view of secular law, sure. acceptable. But these communities are so insular and they follow their own rules and nobody really wants to mess with them per se. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of that. To me, one of the most interesting things in this movie is the opening where we see this meeting of people who have all kind of escaped from this community and are trying to support each other as they live in the secular world and try to adjust to it. And, um, so that's something that that tension between the secular world and this, this Jewish community is something that's, uh, very much, uh, the theme of that film and a good performance from that guy. And hopefully this will lead him eventually to, uh, an acting career, maybe, maybe only playing Orthodox Jews. I don't know. That's a bit limited, maybe. but he's, he's a solid actor. Yeah. I've, I've never seen Menasha. I, I've always heard great things about it. Um, and, and I agree about that opening scene is really great. Um, in the vigil and I would love to, you know, see something else that kind of, you know, uh, looks at that trying to get out of these kinds of communities because that, that is such a fascinating thing and just how different it must be for those people as they're trying to, you know, integrate into, you know, regular society. Right. I would have been happy to just see a straight drama about those kinds of people and, and how their lives go. And um, maybe we will. Maybe. Well, since you brought up a Jewish movie, I'll go with a Jewish movie. And that's the Coen Brothers' a Serious Man. Uh, because, of course, that is a movie where a lot of people who maybe didn't previously know learned about Dibbux, uh from, <laughs> from that movie. But, of course, 
this demon in this movie is not a Dybbuk. Uh, so right. I'm going to combine the puzzle piece with the Conjuring universe uh, because I feel like this particular demon, the Mazik, which uh, this director, I, I, I read a thing where he had to like kind of dig to find this thing. Um, I, I feel like this is the kind of character that would fit as one of those spinoff characters in the Conjuring movie if they decided to throw a Jewish one in there. They got La Llorona in there last year, so uh, so why not? Uh, so, you know, get that Dybbuk, get that Mazik, whatever. Uh, those, those are a couple of puzzle pieces to throw at you. Yeah, that's... I don't know. I feel like the Conjuring universe has maybe slowed itself down, but it did seem like for a while that they were building up like some sort of Avengers like team of demons that the Conjuring, it sure did, you know, was going to get to eventually. So we'll see. And and I'll tell you, I'm I'm a part of a Facebook group community of Conjuring Universe fans because sure. I was promoting early episodes of piecing it together on the Nun and Conjuring. Or did I do the Conjuring? I don't remember. But uh, anyway, those people are so excited for the continued extended universe of that series. I mean, they cannot wait. So Hollywood, I guess, make those movies. Those people will buy them, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it is the second most successful cinematic universe behind the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe. So, it's And The amazing. Conjuring 3 is coming out soon. It was, it was finished and then it was delayed yeah. because of the pandemic. So maybe that'll uh, kickstart more uh, mm -hmm. to get these things got going. And they'll make the, the, was it The Crooked Man? Was that one of the demons that was something supposed to have like his own that. movie? I think. Yeah. Some, yeah. Something along those lines, I'm sure. I just want to see The Nun 2 with the further adventures of Frenchie. But anyway, <laughs> that, that's going too far down rabbit oh, hole. Yes. Let's go with another puzzle piece. What do you got? Uh, well, I'll stick with the Jewish movies and go with uh, Son of Saul, uh, mm -hmm. Laszlo Nemesis film. And this is a Holocaust film. And there's obviously a million Holocaust films and and the vigil does deal with that as well when we learn a little more about the Mazic and it's something that this uh the guy who's died has has kind of brought over with him as a Holocaust survivor. And um so there's a a theme there of of the horrors that he's witnessed in the Holocaust are kind of manifested in a way in this demon, and he's unable to escape, even though he comes to the US, he brings this demon with him. And I think Son of Saul as a Holocaust movie is is very much like a horror movie because the style uh, that Laszlo Nemes uses, which is to keep the camera very, very close on the main character the whole time. And you never really see what's going on around him. And it's all from his perspective of being overwhelmed and confused and terrified from beginning to end uh, as to what is going on around him. So uh, I think that kind of immersive sense of horror as related to this very particular Jewish atrocity is something obviously in a not as nearly heavy a sense, but is something that this uh, that this movie is going for. Sure. Yeah. And uh, I'll just jump right in because of the actor in Son of Saul, Giza Rorig, and talk about Two Dust, a movie that I know you know that I love so yeah. much. Um, but yeah, as far as Jewish communities and uh, that that divide between the secular world and the, the extremely religious world and just how uh, confusing that can be for somebody who's kind of, um, you know, dealing with those issues of faith and uh, and trying to fit in, but also trying to have kind of one foot in, in the other world at the same time. 
And this character in the vigil is, uh, you know, definitely kind of struggling with that divide there. And so, it, you know, definitely made me think of Two Dust as well. Yeah. And I think he's struggling in a way maybe that, and that's another interesting thing that, you know, in that support group, a lot of those people seem to be further along and like, they don't want anything to do with that community that they came from, but he still yeah. has this sympathy or this connection that he wants to be accommodated. He doesn't want to just fully reject it. And so, you know, that leads him to a unfortunate decision. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I think if he had moved on, maybe a little bit further, maybe, uh, maybe this this night wouldn't have went right. the way it went. He would have yeah. just said to the rev, like, "Sorry, buddy, no thanks." Yeah. Too creepy for sucker. me, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you got for your next piece? Well, I think going along with this theme of trying to leave this uh, insular religious community and being unable to fully separate, uh, I thought of Martha Marcy May Marlene. Sean Durkin's film with Elizabeth Olsen as a, a woman who has sort of escaped a cult, but can't really escape it in her mind. Mm -hmm. um, and not to call Orthodox Judaism a cult, um, but there are definite, <laughs> no, there are definite cult-like aspects to any extreme religion like this, yeah. whether it's this or various versions of Christianity or whatever. And I think that's there that even though he's sitting in that meeting with other people who've escaped and he's living on his own and he's doing all these own, these other things, he still has in a way this mentality of being part of this this community. And if the Reb, who is the leader of the community, says we need you, then it's so hard for him to resist. Right. And it's right. like that pull is that no matter how far you get away from it, it's always there because it's in your head. So yeah. I haven't seen that movie in a while, but I, I think that's kind of in a, in a different way. Um, and that's not a horror movie, but it is kind of creepy in a lot of ways, that movie. Oh, yeah. So Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that was on my list as well, actually. Oh, all um, right. Yeah, because, yeah, definitely that it just seems so weird trying to get out of those kind of communities and just what it must be like to, to like I was saying in the last piece as well, like having that one foot back and it just not really being ready to move forward, even though that's what your goal is, is to, is to get out and move forward. And just these, these communities really just do a number on these people and, and on their mindsets. Right. I think that is the thing is that even if they are determined, it's 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 they've been conditioned for their whole yeah. lives. In this yeah. case, I mean, in Martha Marcy May Marlene, you presumably she joined the cult at some point. You know, she wasn't born into it. But people in these Jewish communities, they don't even know what's going on outside necessarily. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I am going to do something completely unexpected and bring up the evil dead during a <laughs> horror movie episode. Uh and the reason, though, I have a very good reason, sure. is because of the tape recorder in the basement where the guy who died there explains the origin of the demon that is uh, causing all of the evil within the household. And, uh, you know, that's a major mainstay of the Evil Dead movies. It happens in the first one, redone in the second one. Uh, and it happens here in The Vigil, there, except for it's a reel-to-reel -reel film, but uh, same difference. And the, the guy who is there kind of explains everything uh, via pre-recorded tape. Right. No, that's fair. That is the thing. I mean, yeah. I feel like that's a horror movie thing and can be very, I mean, that, that definitely that moment I'm like, okay, now it's time for the exposition. And yes. I think this movie does it well in that even just like watching the video, it's all like distorted and it's still creepy oh, yeah. and he's in the basement. But, uh, that's definitely like, let me tell you about the demon. 
Yeah. And, and I mean, I guess to a degree, we do need a little exposition to learn because as we've ex- established, even us Jews don't know anything about the Mazic. So right. it's like, it's, it's somebody's got to teach us, you know? Yes. Yeah. Why not <laughs> this dead Holocaust survivor <laughs> yes. teach us about Mazics? Because <laughs> exactly. we're not going to learn about it at synagogue. I, you don't learn no. about it in Hebrew school, I don't think. Yeah. When's the last time you've been to synagogue? Oh, my. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think. That, that, that I've never been. I go to the Jewish Film Festival, but those are never. It's at a, it's a, a Jewish school sometimes, but not yeah. a synagogue. So, that's, no, probably that's when good. I was like, uh, you know, 10 or 11 years old or something. And my, my mom still wanted me to go to Hebrew school before yeah. I was able to quit you go into the jewish film festivals better than me i'll tell you that <laughs> I, uh, you know what shout out to the las vegas jewish film festival a great event that yes. would never show this movie because <laughs> its attendees would revolt but shows a lot of other interesting jewish films um yeah. and and showed son of saul i introduced son of saul at the jewish film festival one year awesome. so um you know shout out to josh abbey who runs that great festival awesome uh well do you have any more puzzle pieces? So I'm going to make a weird swerve and pick a Soviet movie from 1967 called V, uh, V-I-Y is how that's spelled, but pronounced V. And this is a movie that it's, it's, this is a def, it's like a cult phenomenon and, uh, is, I think is, I watched on Shudder and Mm -hmm. is, is available to watch, but it's very steeped in christian orthodox tradition you know the the christian religion that is is common in russia um Mm -hmm. but it is about um a young religious student who is asked to watch over a recently dead body for in this case it's three nights and uh every night he goes into this sort of i don't know what it is exactly some sort of rectory or something where there's this almost like shrine set up to this young woman who's died and they lock him in and they're like, good luck. And then all sorts of crazy shit happens. And mm-hmm. uh, the ghost of this lady is flying around and doing all sorts of stuff to him. And he's got to do these rituals and make like a circle of, of salt, I think, which is a very common horror movie thing. Um, sure. And then the next morning they're like, okay, cool. You know, now we'll come back tomorrow and do it all again. And oh, it's a very like, that's the main element, but there's all sorts of other weird mythology stuff that is going on. And it honestly makes no sense. Um, mm-hmm. But it has this very, very similar plot. It's based on a, a Gogol uh, short story um, that's been adapted. I think is it like a beloved Russian thing that's been adapted multiple mm-hmm. times. So I, I would have to think that the filmmaker here was familiar, at least with that story. So if you're look for, if you're, you're up for like weird ass Russian psychedelic horror movies. Watch yeah. watch V on Shutter. Although unfortunately it's dubbed into English and it that really kind of removes some of the scariness of it because it's very cheesy. Um but sure. I don't I don't think there's a subtitled version available anywhere, unfortunately. Wow. Yeah, that that sounds nuts. Um but uh, I definitely have never heard of it, but uh it sounds pretty damn crazy. I will go with my last piece here. Uh this is a, a movie I haven't seen in since it came out. Uh, the Insidious, uh, of, of you know, obviously goes well along with a lot of the other horror movies we've mentioned. But um, I just felt like the ending kind of really mirrored the way that the Insidious movies kind of wrap up, where they go into a sort of uh, 
spiritual realm-ish kind of thing and, and defeat the demon in that way. It's like it doesn't come into any kind of, uh, you know, it doesn't actually come into the house in any real way or anything like that. And so, uh, you know, just just that that method of, of getting rid of the evil presence, it just seemed like it was similar to the way that things happen in the Insidious movies, which if I remember correctly, it's kind of the same kind of ending each time uh, in those movies, so... Yeah, those movies really uh, lost uh, momentum or they didn't have anything else to do after the first one, but then they kept making... I think there was another it's one. It's just like I, repeat the formula, basically. They do, and they made it a prequel, but then it was still just the same formula. And mm. yeah, but uh, that first one is definitely scary at a lot of places, I think. And, you know, yeah. it would j- a lot of James Wan here between that and The Conjuring movies. That's true. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, James Wan is kind of a, you know carved out this whole thing in, in modern horror. I mean, he is, yes. is the guy. So. He, is. he is indeed the guy. <laughs> all right. Well, what, do you, uh, what else do you got as far as puzzle pieces? Well, I got two more, but I'll combine them uh, because okay. these are both like contemporary movies that presumably would not have actually been an influence on this because they're probably being made at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. But I think they both get to some of the themes. Um, one is uh, His House, the uh, Netflix original movie about a couple they are refugees from i think it is it south sudan i can't remember i believe um, so some a war, war-torn african country and they come to the uk and they're trying to start this new life um but they've essentially brought a demon with them from their mm-hmm. home country that they cannot shake and that is in a lot of ways a, a representation of the trauma that they endured during this horrible conflict in their home country and i think that's very similar to the theme here of this guy who has, again, lived through the Holocaust, come to the U.S., trying to start a new life, but is, is, is saddled with this demon that is representative of all the trauma that he's experienced. Um, yeah, for sure. And that kind of confronting your heritage is something that is required in order to defeat, or at least, I mean, in the case of his house, kind of live with the demon. And the other film is Relic, which is about the horrors of caring for someone, an old person who has uh, perhaps lost some of their faculties. And mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't really mentioned Lynn, Lynn Cohen is great in this movie as the, the widow. Who, yeah, sure. Yeah. And she's like, she's been in a million movies and I feel like she's played creepy old lady in quite a few movies as well. Um, but as the, the widow who the Reb says, Oh, you know, she's got Alzheimer's or whatever, but clearly she knows what's going on and she seems crazy because she knows there's a demon in her house. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, the idea of like the behavior of, of an older person with dementia or Alzheimer's being sort of a representation of horror. So yeah. um, there you go. But both of those clearly not actual influences because came out at the same time. Yeah, but it definitely makes sense. Uh, his house, I, I especially uh, like bringing that into the conversation because, yeah, I mean, horror from a different point of view and from a different culture, you know, that you don't normally get to see it from. Right. And uh, yeah, that that's a great movie. I really loved uh, His House. Uh, and Relic definitely makes sense as well, bringing that into the conversation. So uh, I'm glad you brought them in. I will go ahead and do the finished puzzle and then we'll get into some closing thoughts here. Uh, we talked about... The Possession, The Exorcist, The Grudge, The Boy, a lot of thes. Um, <laughs> Menasha, A Serious Man, The Conjuring Universe, Son of Saul, To Dust, Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene, The Evil Dead, V, Insidious, His House, and Relic. 
So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think like you said, uh, you know, get a lot of James Wan in there. Um, but we also get a lot, a lot of, uh, looking, looking at horror based on, you know, more specific cultures than just your, your traditional Christian or Catholic, you know, uh, imagery that that's usually in a lot of horror movies. Um, do you have any other, uh, any other thoughts about this movie? I mean, I just, I liked it. And I, I like the way that, again, it does do a lot of familiar horror stuff. I mean, once you get the idea that like, okay, there's a demon and this is what's going on. Like there's, there's jump scares and there's strange things bumping in the night and whatever. And, and, and so it's not that it's so groundbreaking necessarily, but I think it does that stuff well. And I think being specific, like you were saying about the culture. And I think one of the things about the Christian iconography is that that's so cliched that nobody mm -hmm. who or almost nobody who makes a movie with that kind of imagery is bothering to think about it at all. It's just mm -hmm. the obvious thing. Oh, here's some crosses or their crosses are going to turn upside down or here's yeah. Jesus on the cross is going to bleed or, you know, whatever. And I'm sure there's a way to be thoughtful about that kind of stuff. But I think nobody really is. But because this is something that's uncommon, I think the movie is more obligated to think about although i suppose that's not necessarily true because the possession clearly does not but <laughs> sure but no i think i think you make a good point though especially like with you know even with the director having to like kind of look up what the mazic even is like maybe just having a, a vague you know idea of it and having to do some actual research to make this a a different kind of horror story yeah so i like that about it and i do like that again going back to this sort of opening you know, the, the setup and the idea of leaving this community that facing this demon is a metaphor for him facing the community and being able to stand up to them and being able to walk away. And I thought that yeah. was handled effectively. Absolutely. Well, I think that does it for the vigil. Uh, Josh, is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners? I'm going to recommend another horror movie uh, that is not nearly as culturally sensitive, but that I <laughs> was surprisingly had a good time watching, which is the new version of Wrong Turn, um, okay. which I went to see here at the drive-in and is definitely like the right movie to go see at a drive-in, but is also on VOD, I think, right now. And I've never seen any of the other Wrong Turn movies, um, but this, uh, I don't want to give too much away because it starts as this very familiar, albeit like well-made horror movie about, you know, young people who get lost in the backwoods and are being stalked by killers. And you're like, all right, whatever, this is fine. Um, and then when you learn who the killers are and what happens, like halfway through the movie, I, I was like, what are, what is the rest of this movie? And then it just <laughs> takes this whole other direction. And we like, become immersed in the community of these killers and learn about their history and their culture. And it's totally ridiculous. It's not like serious examination of Judaism or something. It's right. like made up hillbilly culture or whatever. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's done well. And, uh, hill people iconography. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. That is what it is. Yeah. But, and the, the star of it, whose name now, of course I should have looked up and I forget, but, um, she's quite good. And she gives you this sense of like, you know, a, a fairly common thing in horror where the being put through this ordeal requires her to draw on all this inner strength. And, but I, I just thought for something that I thought, well, this is just going to pass the time. It'll be fun to go to the drive-in or whatever, it was surprisingly effective. So give it a shot if you didn't think you would want to. 
Yeah, I, I find it interesting. This movie, there, there's, like we said at the beginning of the conversation, there's so many freaking horror movies out there. And especially, there's so many horror movies from established series. Like, it seems like there's always a sequel or a prequel or a remake or a reboot. This one seems to be, like, kind of cutting through as far as attention is concerned. Like, a lot of people are really talking about it. So maybe I'll have to check it out. Yeah, and again, I don't think... I looked up afterwards to get the sense, and it really isn't... It's it's not connected because there's like six movies in the original series that do have apparently a long shared involved continuity. Uh, mm. And this really just start over and it, it tells a different story. It's not it's not even necessarily the same story being retold. So, um, yeah, check it out. You know, you might be surprised. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right on. Uh, Josh, what's going on over on Awesome Movie here? Oh, so many things. Well, we are in the midst of our season on 2003 still. So, uh, yeah, so that's been fun. I don't know what episode will be uh, out or about to be out when this comes out, but all sorts of episodes. of It's a good year, 2003, right, as is every year. Exactly. <laughs> so, but no, we think we've been we've been having a good time talking about 2003 and uh this is we just passed or are about to pass our hundredth episode so that was pretty yeah. exciting i think most people start podcasts and make it like five episodes so it's true it i kind true. of wasn't sure that we would do beyond that really but um so that was a cool accomplishment so yeah check us out at awesomemovieyear.com uh at awesome movie year on facebook and instagram although we know i don't even know why we ever bothered to mention that because i don't think we've ever posted anything there yeah um, i don't th- i don't think so but you know what we might start one of these days maybe someday i don't know if do any of us even know how to log into the awesome nope. movie or instagram but you can <laughs> add it and follow it uh and awesome movie pod on twitter where we do post stuff so uh yeah we appreciate all the listeners to awesome movie year and uh and great production work from david rosen Oh, well, thank you very much, good (laughs) sir. Uh, Well, Josh, I always love having you on the show. Thank you again for doing it, and uh, look forward to next time. Yeah, can't wait. Hey, everybody, this is Dino. And Michelle. And we're bringing you our podcast. Huh? Podcast. Okay. What do we do with our podcast? Think a little bit of everything. We got faith. Family, horror movies, TV, kids, social media ridiculousness. We've got the most important message. Be decent to each other. All wrapped up in a little hour-long or so chunk. You can reach us at gangalley.com, like a gang. In an alley. You can reach us on all your favorite podchasers. We've got a Facebook group, a Twitter feed, and... Yeah, that's us. That's us. Our podcast. All right, guys. Have a good one. Peace. All right. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation about the vigil. Thanks, as always, to Josh Bell for joining me on that one. And make sure you are all listening to Awesome Movie Year. If you like what I do here on Piecing It Together, you should definitely be checking out what we're doing over on Awesome Movie Year. And while we're at it, Throwing a plug for the rest of the All Points West Network. You can find links to all that in the show notes. And uh, also in the show notes, you can find a link to our Patreon. I mentioned it at the top of the show, but I'll mention it again because uh, 
you know, like I said, the more more subscribers we get over there, the more content we're going to make for it. And I'm currently working on a bunch of music content for it, but more piecing it together, more awesome movie or just all of the above. So check it out. The Produced by David Rosen Patreon. It's patreon.com slash by David Rosen. And of course, you could also follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show and a whole lot more. And uh, yeah, just make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever it is you listen to podcasts. We just recorded four back-to-back episodes that will be going up in the next couple of weeks here so make sure you're subscribed you'll find out about them as soon as they come out so that does it for today and usually whenever we do an episode on a uh, very uh, Jewish related movie I I tend to dig back into my now defunct but always fun uh, Jewish comedy rap group Fakakta and play one of those tracks. So I'm going to go with a track called Pass Over This from our second album, You Took Us For Granted. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't play this kind of music very often here on the show, but uh, it seems appropriate when it's one of these kinds of movies. So this is Pass Over This. Enjoy it. And we'll be back with more Piecing It Together coming up real soon.
you ever tasted a New York bagel? What the fuck is Dr. Smoking? Bread, bread, a moment on the lips, a lifetime on the hips, but I don't care. Bread, bread, without you I'd be dead, and I don't care what Moses said. I'm never gonna give you up. Never give you up. I'm never gonna let you go. I don't give I'm a fuck. West Production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.